Her Sports Six Nations show brought to you in association with Opal, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Emily, you spoke about Dima being an Olympian. Can you tell us a bit more about that and what that means to you and what it takes to get there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I have dreamed of this since being a young kid. I started out my um, sporting background in athletics, so obviously you'd be watching me saying, but would be like, oh, someday if I could sprint like him. That kind of thing would just be in my mind. Uh, and then I ended up kind of falling out of love with athletics because it was quite an individual sport at that time. And in school, I was playing basketball, so I was like, oh, I really like this team that I'm meant to have. I like these teammates, you know, they're cheering you on. You've all, they always had your back. They're not, never out there alone. I was like, oh, I actually like team sports. I was like, hey, you know what? I'll give rugby a go. Gave rugby a go. Started off in 15s and ended up getting picked similar to Stacey for the underage sevens. And then at that point, I realized, actually, I, we just heard that Rio, which was the first um, seven, rugby sevens, um, Rio was the first Olympics that the rugby sentence was going to be in. So I was like, oh, this is great. I can actually achieve this childhood goal that I've actually always dreamt about. So although I may have lost that dream for a few years going to 15s and stuff, I eventually got it back. And, you know, it it doesn't take, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and commitment, but I think it just takes belief as well and confidence that if you can actually dream of this big dream and if you work really really hard at it that your path hopefully will lead you to what you want to excel in and luckily for us we're quite close to come or to one of the qualification this year we have a few routes that we can get through it but for me and Stace we've tried to qualify twice before which is very difficult when you just want to achieve your dream and you want to I suppose the purpose for our program as well in sevens is the Olympic goal because that's what our program is about ultimately seeing our men's team do it in Tokyo which was absolutely outstanding we were all just delighted for the crying happy tears because like we know how hard it is to actually get there and um, but yeah I think we're we're a really um hard-working and dedicated team that just drive this dream and this purpose that we believe that we are going to be Olympians at some point yeah brilliant it's just um, from a female perspective, we do things because we're passionate about it. And I watch you girls at every single seven summit. You guys just play with a smile and you interact really well with each other. How important is that to be a team that gets on so well, both on the pitch and off the pitch? Yes. It's a really important part of being any team, like not just being a high performance team. Like I'm sure you guys there work like it's so important to be close with each other so that you can work so well together to achieve whatever outcome that you need to get out of it and I think with us in sevens the dream of actually becoming Olympians is actually what's driving us all and giving us all this purpose that you know what like if we actually stick together here because none of us are going to be able to do it on our own and when you're part of a team you'll never do it on your own you'll never you'll never be able to achieve what you want to achieve on your own you need the people around you and you need the support of your staff and your players I think we just have that really, really gelled at the moment. Yeah, you can. I mean, we can see it when you're playing. Um, Emery, you would have seen a lot of changes over there with women's rugby. How important from the domestic side and pathway side and the leadership of women in the women's game do you feel um, it is to develop and continue to develop for these girls to, to progress on? Yeah, it's huge and it's really at the forefront at the moment. And I think um, some of what you've just been talking about leads lovely into it because 
And um, we started the leadership program there in the 18-19 season and we're trying to build that particularly on the female side. Um, but part of that is like that collaboration, that working as a team becomes your only as strong as your weakest link as, as everybody is learning. And uh, that, uh, you know, we really need to build on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. And so bringing women into the decision-making role and uh, bringing those values of teamwork and commitment. Um, and that's what the Spirit of Rugby program is about, is making sure that that's at all levels of the game, right from the club upwards, so that those pathways exist. Um, it's interesting hearing the girls in terms of what age they got into. The Minis Festival was on a Viva um, at the weekend, and, and we can now see that girls are coming through there and they start to play when they're six and seven in club rugby and being instructed of X7s in the schools that they're getting that, that um, experience earlier. But getting that really good environment, you know, touching the ball is one thing, but the environment has to be there where they can flourish and thrive and come through all the different ranks. So that's kind of part of my role and, and it's sort of supporting in the background and encouraging women into those roles that they can support the girls on their journey forward. Yeah, you talk about the environment and how it's important and obviously the Sevens girls have a great environment and we, we hear about them and we see it all the time. So how does that filter from your domestic side right up into the provincial sides and into the national sides? Is there leadership work going on through that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it starts at the club level. Um, and again, it's it's quite a new programme. Um, we had 18-19 season and the, the nineteen twenty season. And 50% of the participants were female. So they were anything from female coaches, female referees, but also female decision makers at club level and giving them the confidence to take the next step forward because I think you mentioned it like when you were starting off there, you know, can't see it, can't be it. We've heard that a lot lately. Um, and that in that initiation, one of the, the things that we've done recently is set up a women in rugby network um, because, you know, there are still people coaching that they're the only female coach for miles around them. There are very few female, and um, even though we've got some key join Evel or we some key uh, females there in refereeing, but we don't have enough to actually suddenly say, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, and then more than you probably um, just listen to say, so they're going, when I realise you're going to say the news and I, I think your PE teacher was probably somebody I went to college with. And you need those people to grab you into the game and those role models. So the network is trying to bring those females together to build our confidence and to give visibility so that there is, you know, we don't have a stingy in a couple of years time saying, I couldn't see that route. That pathway has to be obvious into the game. Brilliant. Um, Stacey, just getting back to the Olympics, um, we've got qualifications coming up soon, but just tell us what's the journey been like so far to try and qualify for the um, Olympics? So to qualify, it's quite hard in the sevens. It's difficult. There's pressure on all the time. Um, just tell us about the journey so far for that. The failures are this. What's <laughs> 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 the good story this year? <laughs> yeah, you can tell us about the heartbreak. I think it's important to know the heartbreak and how that pushes you on. Um, yeah, so in 2016 and what was the Tokyo? And 2019, the Tokyo qualification. Um, our team, the first one, I didn't really believe that we could do it because we were such a fresh new program. And I, I did believe we did have the talent, but we just didn't have everything that gelled around that. And so that was quite hard, not qualifying. It's still hard, went still a lot, kind of. And then Tokyo kind of believed in a little bit more. We'd come on a bit more as a program. And there was still something missing. I don't know what it was. I still couldn't tell you to this day. Um, but we didn't qualify. We had a really, really hard tournament in Russia, uh, in Kazan. And we didn't make our 
semi-finals, uh, which would have led to us then having a second opportunity to actually qualify. Um, so we didn't even make the the rep chat, uh, it's called. Um, so that was even harder because you don't even get another chance. You don't give yourself that second chance to get another chance. Um, and then this year, um, I think post-COVID, uh, we have like an influx of really, really young players and who have been playing since they're smaller. So with that mixed with the girls, me and me and another girl, Lucy, who've been there for a while, um, kind of just, it just feels right. Um, I don't even know how to say it. It just feels like a really good mix of people. Um, but a group of people who do question each other and call each other out, but it's for the best interest of the team. Um, and I think team first has been all this year and that's what it has been. So we've been building them. Last year, we didn't really have any much expectation of ourselves, but we went and we made our first final in Seville and, and we just performed really well throughout the season. And then this year... We knew coming into the season that we had to either the first roof qualification is coming top four in the World Series. So for those who don't know, the World Series is the top 12 teams in the world compete against each other in like a league structure and um, through seven different locations. And um, so we play like a year, a monthly tournament, let's just say. And if you consistently perform throughout the year, you get your points and then you end up being first, second, third, fourth. And if we come, come top four this year in the World Series, we'll automatically qualify for the Olympics, which is the first route. At the minute, we're standing fifth. But because France are hosts of the Olympics next year, that they are automatically qualified. So as it stands, we got, we're in the qualification position. We have one more tournament to go, which is in Toulouse. Um, obviously, you never want to put pressure on just one tournament and one thing because um, there's... Uh, GB and Fiji are really close on their heels at the minute and um, so we're kind of seen as this is our first opportunity if you'd said to me or any of the team at the start of the year and um, that we'd be in this position to qualify first route I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed it um, I would have said I'd come into the year just happy to be top eight top five top four like brilliant and um, so the fact that we are where we are now and we have that first time to qualify is something it, it is scary and I, I do fear, but I think that it's exciting and I think that it's a place, it shows the the team where the, where we are placed at and I think that we've never been here before and it just shows the growth in Irish rugby and women's rugby and sevens rugby in Ireland because not many people know about sevens rugby and I tell you, if you can't watch a game, you'll love our sevens rugby. It's a phenomenal sport to watch and it's a really, really hard sport to play, but it's worth it. Um, so if we qualify through Toulouse, we'll get a little bit more off time with the dish, which we don't usually get. Um, but if we don't, we have the Europeans. We have two legs of the Europeans at a qualifier tournament um, in June and July. And then if we don't, through, don't do it through then, we'll hopefully come in the top four, top three to do, go into the Olympic breakfast next year, which would be a long way to know if you're going to go to the Olympics or not. But um, for me, I think it, for our team, it's not about the if, it's about the when. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you listened to Jill Potts, one of her podcast, um, and she just said that, you know, the dive is better than the squash. And that's just something that stayed in my mind about this journey that our program has done, that this dive is a huge dive, but this it will be better than the squash because you look back on journeys and you're like, 
the journey was worth it. Like the splash is going to be the Olympics and that tournament is a pinnacle. But like it's the dive and the journey that teens go on and, and you know, businesses and stuff that you go on and look where we are now in this amazing facility compared to where back in and. So like two things, yeah, I think I'm called. Why not to go in? Yeah, she's been met my cup Yeah, no, definitely. I think that um, when you read a book, it's not about the ending all the time. It's about the story and the journey you're brought on. So then it's just what happens at the end. But like, then it's over. But like the journey and the people you meet and the things you get to do. And I think that's more important than actually the end. So I think, yeah, just every little Brilliant. Fam. Siemens and Tap Rugby was my first club and I did get the opportunity here and played about 15 games. And can you explain the difference out between the Siemens and 15s for those that don't know it? Because there is a huge difference. Uh, if you had asked me 10 years ago, it was easy to transfer in and out into sex back then than I was made in us. But can you explain the difference between the two sports and how specialised Siemens has become in the last five years? Was it is a real difficult sport to play? Uh, it's high speed, it's one-on-one tackles, things like that. Yeah, so Sevens is played on a standard rugby pitch. Uh, sevens gives it away, seven on the field. Uh, yeah, seven minutes a half. Um, so you have 14-minute game, you have five subs. Uh, as Tanya has alluded to, it is very fast because you have so much space and it encourages a faster uh, player to the game. Um, but like Tanya said, like the collisions are, you have so much more space to be able to defend or on the flip side, attack against that. It's actually more of a, it's more demanding on the smaller scale at the tackle, the breakdown, like you could have just one strong player come at you at a breakdown and you're the only sealer, whereas in 15s, you can have two, maybe three. Um, so you need to have that like ability, ability to be able to just stand your own, no matter what size a player is coming at you. Um, the fitness of it, like it's, it is tough. Um, you play three games and well, traditionally you play three games on one day and three games the day after. So it's really, really high demand in our under fitness levels. Um, and then on the other side to it, like mentally, like it's tough. Like you, we play one game, use like two hours maybe, um, to recover to eat well, to watch the game you just played, watch your opponents, maybe have a quick 20 minute nap, chat with the team, what are we going to do next, have a meeting and then get your prep done before you go back out and do it again. Um, compared to 15s, I suppose you have one game at the weekend, um, although 15s is very technical, so there's a, a big difference between our book. Sevens at the moment, it is getting a bit more technical, line outs and stuff in different ways of playing off scrums, which is good to see. Um, there's obviously a lot more kicking in 15, so that's another element. But in sevens at the moment, we're getting a lot of like seven in the line defenders, whereas you'd usually, traditionally you would have had six in the line and a sweeper in the back, similar to like a full back role. Um, but now you get seven in the line because defen- defenses want to just shut you down and turn the ball over quickly. Because the game is so fast, they just want to score quicker and get the ball back quicker. So now we are seeing a lot more kicks being put in. In sevens, but it is actually growing more attacking game because you can counter attack on that. Um, yeah, I think. Is there anything else that you could add? No, obviously, uh, we and Lee are typically sevens players at the minute anyway. 
and um, but the two of us transferred over to 15 during uh COVID period so um we got the chance to actually see the differences um, and experience them so I think sevens was my first love for uh rugby anyway but I did fall in love with the tactical element of 15s and um, just like trying to find the space because in sevens it's it's a bit easier you have seven on the field you less people to manipulate but in 15s it's actually there's three people in the backfield and there's this amount of people in the line so how are we actually going to manipulate those to find the space and score because that's what you want to do will be and that's why people watch rugby is that the, the score and like you don't want to watch picks and drive and drive like it's just not a brand and I think uh, Irish men's have really shown that this year that the brand of rugby has changed and I think there is differences between 7s and 15s but they're both really exciting good games to watch and what you'll see in 7s is a really exciting game a really physical hard working game on the body and I think 15s is really really topical but you're seeing that flair come into it a lot more in recent years with how New Zealand played how Ireland played I think yeah it's getting better and there is differences but I think the poor skills are quite similar and if you can twist your head around that and then learn how to use the tactical elements in 15s and settings that it'll benefit both games yeah every ad and recent pioneers are beautiful invested a lot into into the game uh, and we now see that there's clear pathway in the Simmons and the fifth things. Can you talk us through the development and what's the family how many who thing? I think since twenty eighteen we had uh win the rugby action plan as part of the strategy so it was a clear pathway since then. And I suppose some of those difficulties of pulling from a smaller pool of players to go between two programmes in seven and fifteens and that's probably one of the most obvious differences that are there now. Um, and I think one of the things that's, you know, part of that is, is the expansion of the contracts and, and into the 15s, but also the expansion of the staff behind that, because it's been quite difficult to juggle those two sets of, of pathway performances, um, or performance pathways, I should say, but now there's a, a massive increase in the staff on that. Um, so 2018 was the, the women wrote the action plan, but in 2022, we had to take a review of that action plan to kind of identify some gaps before we get to the targets that were set out in 2023 so there was a further um over two million investment um and so that's where some of the additional staff are being appointed at the moment um and things you know in the background that you talked about there in terms of the performance nutrition the recovery the snc one of those things that are off field that are so important so there's been a massive investment there um there's also been some investment in terms of on the domestic side and working out that AIL a performance pathway into the, the high performance side. And um, there's also been looking at the, the kind of what is the right model within the club. So the, the Give It A Try program is a, a kind of a get into the sport. And um, there's been the ALTI program in schools where maybe young people get their first touch of the ball. But the Give It A Try then is a club-based program. Um, and it has a 40% transfer rate from membership into clubs. So that, that's been fantastic and that's where we've seen some of those guards coming through that have played rugby for, for longer. Um, and so that's, that program has been expanded all the time. And then off the pitch, we have some of the other kind of ones that I mentioned earlier, like the leadership program. We were about to go with um, a female-specific leadership program. We had launched it on International uh, Women's Day 2020 and everybody knows what happened then. And um, so we've been kind of some of the females that have come through the leadership program actually designed some pilot programs for the club game 
um, and we're we're working on some of those now. So there's um, uh, investment in that too. Um, and then uh, while I've been working in spiritual rugby program, um, I'm now going to lead on a an, an equity, diversity, and inclusion policy, which will have a massive focus on women because uh, we had a twenty percent target of women in, in leadership, but we now have forty percent target set by the government. So that's going to be a, a massive piece of work over the coming um, years. So yeah, there's been a, a big investment into the game. I think we can now see a clear pathway for participation, but also before, for performance. And then in the background, all the work that's needed on, on staff and leadership in, in terms of that. Brilliant. And um, yes, um, the Six Nations has been tough for the girls and, and obviously you've previously been in the States. What is your assessment of how they go in the environment? Obviously, they train the same venue, but you're not trained together. See the does around quite a bit. And you've us as an assessor, how do you think they go legal? Yeah, as Tanya alluded, like it is has been a tough few weeks for the girls, but I think seeing them there on a Monday morning, like they're battered and bruised, like they're given absolutely everything uh, to that jersey, and a credit to them to be able to pick themselves up every Monday and come back in and just get the job done and get work done um, to improve. Um, I thought they've improved as the Six Nations have gone on, which is such a good thing to see. Um, I think if you look at the positives of it, we have brought in a lot of new players. And you have a mixture with good experience too, but like you see the likes of Durham Nicovard, you see the likes of a young out half Dana, you see the likes of Anifa Dalton, um, Tash also on the wing, like they're new players and it's their first opportunity at a Six Nations and learning on this, the big, big stage is really difficult. But I think it is the best way to learn. Um, it's tough on them and I, it's really, really hard. And I, I can see that for them, um, that it is tough to learn. But I think in the long run, it will definitely be worth it um, to be able to learn on such a big stage against such quality opposition. Um, but I think they improved a lot, especially against England there. We saw their defences putting mm-hmm. England under a lot of pressure. Um, they held in for 30 minutes of the second half to nil, which no team in the Six Nations had done this season. And also, I think our scrum is doing really, really well. Also talking about another young player, Salva Gresh is only 18, 19, and, and she's propping like against the likes of people who are World Cup finalists, um, which is a really, really good thing to see. And also, I think that, as I said, their scrum, like that has come on so much, we're actually getting huge reward from it and yeah so I think this weekend's game against Scotland was a big big game for them and I think they every week I I do think they focus on getting the little wins and the little improvements because you can see that in the game when you watch it and so I think this week again I presume that they'll stick to those processes and get those little wins that they can to edge out the performance that they need against Scotland and great so you we can't go without mentioning Opal and how they supported you in view of mess is how we have helped I've got a project to post with a bit. Did you have a bit of a shit? See, now, folks, and this having someone like Opal support you and, you know, the fact you and, you know, social media and all that is really important, but head companies backing you as female athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm nearly with Opal two years now and 
when they first approached me, I hadn't even passed my drive test. <laughs> I was, that's how ridiculous it was. And I was like, oh, I need to get my app together. Failed my first one, passed my second one. And Emma was knocking on the door, ready away in the car. Um, and it was, it's just like that, like companies backing you and helping you build your brand. I think Olga was my, Olga was my first ever ambassadorship and I've been a part of an Irish program for almost nine years now. Um, and they're the first had me to come and touch base at me and ask like, absolutely. Like, just let me get this drive of this fast. <laughs> so it's been really great. Like the comfort of driving, I drove a Maka driving to train and driving home. I li- I'm from Tipperary, so it's good two hours on the road. Uh, I might add up a lot of mileage, uh, but I get to go home in such comfort and I know I'm safe in, in the car. Um, and if there er- is ever anything like that you need, and it's not just around the car, like Opal are there to help you out. And um, so I just like to say a big thank you to them. Um, they've really exposed me as a player, uh, brought us to the flow in this year. <laughs> That is the experience. The first time I'm a city kid, it's the men man just get to do like chats like this, like they're always uh, keen to do things to to grow our brand ourselves. And so yeah, that's a yeah, both sides and not to plug off all the things I've that. Um, yeah, though uh, I'm with Opal about a year now, and very lucky. Um, I drive the Opal Corsa electric, and I love because um, I think. Even going electric, oh, I, I was like, oh, it has to, I'd forget to charge my phone, but how did it remember to charge my phone? So they, they, they put it, they put the hip, they put the charger in the house. And anyway, I love it. I'm never done anything other than electric or opal, to be honest. And you have me for life then. And I'll be buying my own car when I'm retired, don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, look, it's, it's a great thing that opal do support women in sports and women in rugby. I see a lot of uh, some of the boxers and stuff are sponsored by garages as well. And I think it grows us as women in sport firstly. And I think it grows our sport as well. But I don't think that it it realizes that it's a two-way street because the kind of publicity that we get off, off it as well. And people are like, oh, they're serious athletes. They're going to be, they have a car. Like to love. You're not, it sounds like a joke, but... It's like, look, oh, there, it's like validating you nearly. Um, and I think that it takes away worries of, oh, you only get paid X amount because you're a female athlete. Well, you're lucky you don't have to pay for this. Like, we'll look after you. And I think Opal's been great in that sense. And the cars are phenomenal for anyone who doesn't drive. Like, yeah, would recommend. Uh, but yeah, no, so extremely grateful and thankful. So, Emma, shout out to you. I think um, just in collaboration with her sport, like all her sport does for females, in general, um, and it gives up both just as good a name as, as us as players. Um, so thanks to her sport as well for, for collaborating with Opa. So it's me even the front row green label. I've never brought this. And every week, do and see what the thread be going to the queue, though. We would like it to go. And we're in bed like it's a trouble. Um, I, I guess where I would like it to go is where uh, I think it is going. Um. And I think just to, to pick up on what you were saying there about the um, the improvements in clean and and how much has happened in a very short space of time uh, with the, the Six Nations team, uh, the 15th team, and that positivity that was around there. Um, so 
like I was there on Saturday and, and you couldn't but feel the positivity was around it and the amount of schoolers that were there and the amount of clubs who would travel a big distance and I want to see that massively grow um I want to see that it, you know and um, every girl has the opportunity to to say yes uh I, I want to play rugby and not only do I want to play um and it was one of the things that struck me when Stacey was talking uh, we did a consultation with with a number of youth consultation number of years ago and the girls talked about things like I don't want to be on the back pitch I want to have as much choice to play on the front pitch or I don't want our match to be cancelled and we repeated the process about five years later it was the first time I heard one of the young girls saying I actually want to be contracted to play for Ireland that that ambition had grown and, and I think that's and we want to see that massively that every girl can have that opportunity and so the, the the actual playing pathway in the clubs we want more clubs involved in women's rugby uh, we want more female coaches so they have those more visible kind of roles we want more referees and ultimately I suppose the big thing is that we want more female around the decision making um, that's where we get the diversity of opinions that's where we collaborate together to make stronger programs um, and that's kind of we want those competitive structures we want those structures on and off the pitch so we see women taking a really strong role in in rugby